Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to the FPL Masterclass. It's myself, Hayden, and I'm joined by Rob, as always. Please, 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 guys, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button as well. We want to get this show out to all the brilliant FPL players. You can follow us on Twitter, and that's at, at TF Masterclass. You can also follow me as well, at Hayden underscore Rabani, and you can follow Rob as well, at underscore Rob underscore B. You probably are following Rob because he's got nearly 25,000 followers. But Rob, another FPL week. It was a good one for me. How about you? It wasn't bad, considering the week before, I think everyone had a bad week and people were talking about changing wildcards and finding new players and different ways into marketplaces for those players to get more points. I I was above the average this week. You know, you're going to see in a minute my game week eight totals. Uh, And it was good. It was okay. You know, coming out of a wildcard, I think it's a bit difficult at the moment, certainly with the main protagonist getting all the points. So we're talking like the sellers, aren't we? You know, people that get it every season, but then trying to find players who are going to be differentials this year, it's going to be tough to actually make changes that your own competitors, your FPL leagues are not also making themselves. Yeah, it's a really tough one this year, Rob. I mean, look, Mo Salah is the person to captain, isn't he? Let's be honest. You'd be crazy to look beyond him. Otherwise, he's scoring against City. He's scoring against every single team in the league. And as you can see here, obviously, we've got your team up from uh, last week. So let's sort of run through it now. You've got 61 points. You're above the average. I got about 60. So, uh, you know, we both had good game weeks. And uh, look, all your defence performed. Goalkeeper didn't perform. He got two points. But Trent, Cancelo and Livermento all got six points. Foden was your pick to bring in this week. I also brought Foden in as well. He got an assist. 
Uh, Townsend only got two and Kovacic got two. But Salah was fantastic, wasn't he? He got 13 points. You captain Tims, you got 26. And then the front three didn't really perform when Timo Werner is out. And we are going to talk about what we're going to do with Lukaku and Werner not uh, playing. But uh, Rob, all in all, I'm looking at that bench and you must be a little bit frustrated because, you know, there's a good 13 points sitting there that could have... Uh, could have pushed you even higher up in the in the overall standings. Look at that bench. So yeah, you know, I did. Obviously, when you play the wild card, you can't play the bench boost. And I wanted to play the bench boost this week. I was like, I, I want those four players to get their points. As you can see, the way it went, Jota didn't feature anyway. He was obviously one of the guys that brought in on my wild card. Sanchez again getting his standard six points. Just seems to be like clockwork. Unfortunately, I went for Ramsdale because I thought Arsenal might get another clean sheet. Did they get another clean sheet? No, they didn't. But then you look at Cresswell again, a guy who it's not really about clean sheets for him. He can assist. He'll get you. He'll get you those. Um, get you those assists from set pieces. Abankio, who was really my bench and stash. Four million pound, got four points and an assist. So there's um, there's a good balance about that squad. And you know we're going to talk this week, as you said about Timo Werner. Uh, both Werner and Lukaku are injured. When you look at my points totals, they're sixty one. This is actually uh, it's not you can't see it actually on the information there, but I actually went up about fifty thousand places. So it shows that with the average of forty nine points, which I always say the average is normally about 50 and you should be aiming for 60 as your average per week. And if you get 60, you will go up in the league. The game week rank there was only 1.2 million, which doesn't sound very good out of, what is it? 2.8 or something like that. But I still jumped up to about 250,000 when I was like 300,000 last week. So it shows that you can still make incremental gains in FPL as a league if you do it the right way and go kind of little and often and stick with the right place. So like for me, like you said, Salah there, it's just a no brainer, isn't it? You just give him the captain's armband and let him run. But you look at my front three this week, Huang was definitely a, a little bit more of a gamble. Antonio was disappointing and Werner really, you know, well, Werner's out, he's off, he's injured anyway. Hamstring injury just gives me a good excuse to make a change for one of the more elite premier strikers in the game. Yeah, I mean, let's go through some of those wildcard picks. You've mentioned uh, the front, th- front three and you brought in Wang and uh, and Werner. So we're not going to talk about that, Rob. But uh, let's talk about Phil Foden because we had that discussion last week. I think that was a great shout. And um, I was toying with Foden, Townsend, Decore. Decore is injured now for, for a little while. So I'm, I'm quite happy that I did bring in Foden. But you're looking at it now with Manchester City. They're really starting to hit some form. And Phil Foden's price is fantastic, but he's also someone I think who will see himself starting regularly. And uh, he might be one of those players that's not as uh, susceptible to Pep's roulette. And we saw with uh, Ferran Torres out now, I'll be looking at Foden as probably the number one pick in that City midfield. Yeah, there's always that chance with Phil Foden that he might play as the false nine. So I think that gives him extra value, certainly as a midfielder. Uh, there's always the chance as well that Gabriel Jesus could go more central and that means that Foden would play further back. That's not really an issue. But you just say now about Pep Roulette, you know, I will say every year, City, that one team in FPL where all the protagonists that are, say, um, contributing to the Manchester City cause, even if they're on the bench, they still get you points. So Foden, I think, did play 90 minutes in that game. He got an assist. That's kind of like standards, what you want. Just going across the line then, just to mention Townsend, who was another one of the picks. Uh, Townsend had more uh, attacking 
um, metrics than anyone else this week and only got two points. So for me, I feel good about that because I think he made something like eight crosses into the box, which Everton failed to convert. But if he's putting those eight crosses in, there's going to be weeks where he gets one assist, two assists, three assists, and consistency will come from his points. Yeah, Townsend's a really intriguing one. I had uh, Rafinha out, who I put him on the bench. Uh, he, obviously, we, we said he wouldn't play probably because he travelled uh, back from Brazil and he didn't play. And uh, I was toying with the idea, and I'm still toying with the idea of Townsend. We'll have a little discussion later. Obviously, we'll look at the fixtures. Um, but guys, you know, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We need your support uh, to grow this fantastic show. But Rob, let's move on now to sort of the burning question of today. And that is, well, Lukaku's out injured. Werner's out injured, as you mentioned just now. So what do you do? Now we're going to start, we're going to compare two players, aren't we? We're going to compare Jamie Vardy and we're going to compare Harry Kane. Some people are going to be thinking, Harry Kane, you scored one goal. Obviously, he broke his duck last week. But uh, there there is is an argument, isn't there, for for either player. So we'll start with Jamie Vardy. And just looking at his season, I mean, he's had a great season. I didn't actually realise how many goals he scored. He's up there with Salah as uh, the top scorer in the Premier League. Seven goals and the one assist. Leicester haven't been particularly good, but Jamie Vardy's been been fantastic. You're looking at his form there. Uh, you know, he's, he's averaging nine points per game. Um, and uh, look at him in terms of the ICT ranking. You know, influence is two, threat is two. You know, he's, he's up there with uh, in the top five. And he's not actually owned by that many that many of FPL players. You're looking at that 22%. I can imagine that's going to jump now with uh, no Lukaku. Um, but you haven't mentioned Ronaldo, have you? United's fixtures aren't great. We'll talk about that later. But why are you angling towards Jamie Vardy and uh, Harry Kane? Well, there's a kind of uh, differential in the sense that when you look at these two players, they are perennial fixtures in FPL. So every year they get pretty good stats. You know, you get to the end of the season and whether they have hot runs or kind of like they're a bit slower because their clubs have not done as well or something like that. Generally, these two guys will get numbers. So this week's show is really called, you know, Vardy or Kane because you're looking for to fill that extra space. And last week we talked about Lukaku and the fixtures to come and maybe being able to invest in another Chelsea player and to be able to save some money and put the money elsewhere. So when we did the wild card, I banked some money. So it leaves me now in a much more relaxed position so I know Lukaku's not fit I know that Timo uh, I know that Timo Werner's not fit so I'm going to look at the marketplace you start with Vardy Vardy is the number one striker in FPL it's as simple as that he's the best he's top of the rankings his ICT rankings are off the chart as you said they're second for influence ninth for creativity second for threat that's what I'm really looking at overall index ranking of two Um, I think last week we talked about the number one ranking player, and that was um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. So with Vardy, the thing you know with Leicester City is that Vardy plays, and Vardy's the striker. And if there's ever the time that they go 4-2-3-1, it's Vardy. So you're okay with that. I think we also saw that Leicester against Manchester United are playing their way into a bit of form. If Vardy can hit those numbers when Leicester are not that great, you would expect that his numbers will increase even going forward. So as you said there, kind of the ownership of around like 22% across the league shows how FPL can be a fashionable game. So people look at Jamie Vardy, he's not as fashionable as Ronaldo. And of course, United fans are going to want Ronaldo in there. Cristiano scores in the Champions League. He has his big moment. I guarantee you there are a load of FPL players this week who might not have him, who will be scurrying to buy Ronaldo. But as we're going to talk about later on, Manchester United's fixtures for the next five are not very good. Doesn't mean Ronaldo won't score, 
but it does mean that other strikers might be better looks for you this season as we go. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, get your questions in as well. We will answer them um, at the end. So, uh, yeah, make sure you get them in. Rob, we're going to start talking about Harry Kane and <laughs> a lot of people are going to laugh at Harry Kane. Obviously, we had a discussion in the in the past about Harry Kane in terms of... Um, I'm not too sure when I look at the way that Spurs play under Nuno as well. I don't think he'll get as many chances. But they, they look decent against Newcastle. Newcastle aren't the greatest side in the world, but you know, he got his first goal. He got his first assist. As you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Kane and Vardy are perennial um, FPL players. You know, you always, if you wanted to win your league, you'd have one of those two in your team. And you just saw before, you know, Kane, well, Kane scored 23 goals, 14 assists last season. Incredible numbers. Vardy had 23 goals uh, two seasons ago. So, Looking at it here, I, mean, I think there's a bit of a risk here. I know that he's obviously hit some form of late. Uh, he got 12 points in the last game week. Um, but you're looking at the ICT rate ranking. He is he is quite low. He hasn't been particularly good. I don't think Spurs are a particularly expansive and uh, progressive side. But looking at how much he's owned by, 5.6% um, out of the FPL players, that is a major differential, isn't it? And if you can actually, let's say, get Kane performing, or if he does perform... You could see yourself shooting up your leagues. You could do. And this is the gamble. So this is why we wanted to talk about Vardy and Kane. because So we know what Harry Kane is and what he does. Really, what the the decision here is, is what, what Spurs going to do now in the weeks ahead? You know, because if Spurs start playing well, and I think there are signs that they've started to get it together a little bit. You know, I think you see that Sun's uh, ticking a little bit more. And I think that helps Kane. And they they definitely... You just say in the FCT rankings, this is a Harry Kane supposedly out of form. He's still 18th for influence. You know, it's not actually that bad for a player who's supposedly not playing well. When you look to his game-to-game stats, obviously he missed the first two games of the season, looked like he was leaving Tottenham. But he's now had six games of playing 90 minutes. So again, it tells you that he's going to play the full the full set of minutes. And against Newcastle, he looked really, really good. So I think that Harry Kane is ready to start his season. You know, we're now at the point where you have to say, what will Harry Kane do? Do you want to spend 12.1 million as your super premium price to go and get a striker? Or do you go with Jamie Vardy, who's only 10.6? And I think 10.6 sounds like a big number. But in FPL terms for, you know, maybe the, the top ranking striker, which is what Vardy is, it does represent some kind of value. In the same way that I think last year's son being around the 10 million mark, gave you real extra value in midfield when the Salas and the Manes were 11s upwards up to 12. That extra 2 million can be used in other parts of the pitch, and I always say this. So I look at Harry Kane, and I think um, it's about can you get him in your side without losing points, without maybe hemorrhaging, and I think that's also part of the problem because you would probably have to downgrade, say, a member of your strike force or your midfield or even one of your main defenders just to get those extra few pennies to get Harry Kane in. But what we'll do is we'll kind of look at the the two options for my team because, as I said, I need a striker. Werner needs to go. He's injured. And it's which one do I go for? But there's also a whole glut of strikers at the moment that are just on the up. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. We're going to have a look at what your squad will look like with Jamie Vardy. And... um... You haven't really changed very much else, have you? You've kept what you've you've kept, and there's a nice balance to the squad. Um, you know, you've got your two goalkeeper rotations. But uh, how much are you banking if you bring in Jamie Vardy? It's actually quite staggering, you know, at 10.6. And you're thinking about it, he's got the same amount of goals as Salah as well. 
Yeah. Vardy's actually very good value for money. You're looking at how expensive Ronaldo is. Lukaku's a, a million cheaper. Kane, you've mentioned, is about 1.5 million cheap, uh, more expensive. So, actually, looking at that and looking at the balance of that squad, I think it looks really good with Jamie Vardy there. Yeah, for me, you know, we'll, we'll look in a second at the Kane option when we go through this slide, first one here. I think Vardy at 10.6 still gives me about 1.2, 1.3 million pound in the bank. So that means something to me because I made my wild card last week, which I've used that up. Um, I've decided this week, obviously, that Werner can't stay because he's injured. He might be out for a week or two or whatnot. So I'm bringing in a striker. I think when you look at Vardy at 10.6 and then you look at having that extra money in the bank, it means that next week, if I'm, for instance, not happy with Jota and there is an issue with Jota, I think now with the way that Firmino played the other day, you, you might say that Jota gets much more kind of smaller minutes rather than what we were saying only just a week ago, then I could make that change and actually upgrade Jota for a, an eight or nine million pound play. And there's lots of good midfielders in that rank. And I would then still have Vardy in, the, in my pocket. Um, there's also those other two players that we talked about there in terms of budget and Kovacic and Townsend. Again, if I didn't like what they were doing this week and they got injured or something like that, I have the ability to upgrade. So if we jump onto the next slide, because this is what you would do to get Harry Kane in, this is what I would have to do, is that to get Kane in my team, even I think with £2.6 million in my bank account, I would have to get rid of Jota. So I would be able to lose Jota for probably, I think, Rafinha would be the best option, 6.6. Rafinha, as you said, didn't play for Leeds last week, but we know that it was to do with the international break. And when you look at Rafinha's form, it's really good for the season. I think he's got three goals from the centre of midfield. So, you know, he's he's doing what he does for Leeds United. And that then allows you to play Harry Kane up top. I would then have Antonio and Huang. Huang would probably be on my bench out of that selection there. But it is a gamble. There's no doubt about it. And I think, again, Spurs fans might be feeling good about Son and Kane and trying to get those two players, shoehorn them into their team. This year with FPL, and I think I've said this to you before, I think I said to you at the start of the season, your strikers don't really win you FPL. They just don't. They don't get you the big enough numbers at the end of the season. There might be one or two, but the kind of mid-range guys don't really perform. In the first kind of eight, nine weeks of FPL, and we're going to look in a second at, at the numbers, there's a whole host of strikers that are really putting in what I would call last year's Bamford numbers. So Bamford came into the league last year, performed brilliantly, and he was a differential. So even if you didn't go for Harry Kane, even if you didn't go for Jamie Vardy, there's a ton of strikers out there who look really good. Rob, there's a question here saying, have you taken the f minus four hit? Yeah, you have for this team, but for the previous team, you didn't to bring Vardy in. So bring Vardy this in, you, it's a, yeah, so for Vardy, it's a, it's a free transfer, isn't it? Totally. So, so, so that is the other benefit, is that if you bring in Vardy, I think the the big benefit for Kane is that Spurs' run of games gets better now over the next kind of 10 weeks. So, they, you know, they have those traditional fixtures where you would expect Kane to score. Um, Jamie Vardy just seems to be scoring against everyone. So that's the, that's the other side of it. He's the only striker up top in a 4-2-3-1. He's going to get fed. He's going to be in the box, which is what he always does. He leads the press. And he's getting those kind of, again, traditional Jamie Vardy numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, Just a, I'm going to ask you a quick question regarding Lukaku because um, a lot of us banked on bringing Lukaku with the wildcards that we did because you looked at Chelsea's fixtures 
and yeah. you can you can obviously see them here. Chelsea have got the the, the nicest, what well, second best. So if you're listening to this on audio, what we do on the have on the screen is actually um, from the FPL Scout, and it's the fixtures, uh, the next four fixtures for the teams, and it's uh, from the top is the team with the easiest one, and the bottom is the team with the hardest ones. So you look at Manchester United sitting at the bottom row. We'll, we'll address that a little bit later, but. Looking at Lukaku, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed from what I've seen from Lukaku. He hasn't really provided me any returns since I brought him in, Rob, to be honest. Um, I brought him in in game week seven, I think. So I know it's been a couple, it's only been two game weeks or game week six. But still, I, I'm just a bit disappointed. And I'm looking at the other options that you can see here. So you're looking at the top, Vardy's the best scoring one, Antonio second, Jesus is an interesting one. Let's talk about Gabriel Jesus. And, and let's kind of link that to Lukaku as well because. Um, you expected Lukaku to come in and, and hit, you know, 25 to 30 goals a season, but it hasn't really happened for him. And uh, now that he's injured, there are better options than him, aren't there, for, for less less money and um, better form. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people in the FPL community go along the lines that if they've got Lukaku, they're just going to bench him for a week because it doesn't look like a serious injury and that he would then be back to take advantage of Chelsea's poor run of fixtures going forward. And you can see it on this graph here, Chelsea are second in terms of having... Uh, the best set of fixtures going for, forward there in Norwich, which obviously he will miss. But then they've got Newcastle, Burnley and Leicester. So it's a decent run. But when you look at uh, Gabriel Jesus, you, it, I always look at this as price differential. So 8.6 million, what are you getting for that money? Well, Jesus can play as the nine. But the reason why he's got 41 points this year is because he's not playing as the nine. He's not having to do any of the kind of dog's work. He is now playing to the wide of the front men. So he's playing in not a winger's position, but a position where he can get in the box, in the channel, and he can find his way in. Kind of the, what you would call the Jaden Sancho role, you know, that in that kind of area of the pitch. And he even said the it, Mason role as well, Rob. Yeah, I, I he said yeah, it's it's in terms of being on that part of the football pitch. So, you know, we just talked about Phil Foden. There's every chance that Foden plays as a false nine and Jesus carries on to the side of the attack. But of course, if Torres is out or not available, you might say see Jesus go narrow. But he's got 41 points from 80 from 8.6, and that is already 10 points more than Lukaku. So at this stage of the season. I think anyone benching Lukaku to bring him back in for the next lot of fixtures is misguided. There's too many strikers who are hot or getting hotter, heating up. And on that list, li literally everyone on that list we're looking at here is getting is heating up to an, an element. We're going to go through them. But you can even look at someone like Edouard right at the bottom there, 6.5 million, got 24 points. Looks really good at Crystal Palace. Palace look like they're going to attack this year. Go up the top of the list, like you said, up to Jesus. You see there's St. Maximum, what he's doing at Newcastle, Newcastle riding the crest of a wave. Danny Ings, who we talked about last week, who I binned and got rid of. What did he go and do? He went and scored. I thought about Thanks, you, Danny. So, 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 so I knew that would happen. I knew it would happen because he's not a player that's going to not score over a period of time. I think he had four games of outscoring or five games of outscoring, but he was still contributing. His, his ICT rankings were still pretty good. But you can flick all the way down the list. I think the interesting one there in terms of premiums or close to being a premium is a Bumiang at 9.9 .9 because Arsenal have got a run of fixtures coming up of Villa, Leicester, Watford and Liverpool. So we take the Liverpool one out there. You still think those next three that are Bumiang, if Arsenal play well, he's going to benefit. Kind of risky at 9.9. .9, it's almost premium. But then you look at Firmino, 8.8. .8. He got a hat-trick the other day. You know, Jimenez is definitely coming back into form now after his injury. And then you've got super cheap in Dennis at 5.2. 
who has what let me just work that out very quickly looking at as a kind of five point difference to Lukaku but oh a seven million pound difference so I, I would not be sitting on Lukaku this week just to see what happens I think you need to sell him get rid and at least bank the money and bring in another striker and give it a go. Because if you bank the money and Lukaku comes back in next week and you feel like he's going to pop, then, of course, you can go back and buy him again. Rob, I think the, the staring thing is Cristiano Ronaldo is not on that list. That's right. That's why I wouldn't buy him. So, so that's the thing with Cristiano is it's not... It's, uh, you know, we talk about uh, this before, didn't we, about real-world football and FPL football. So... No doubt in years gone by, Cristiano Ronaldo, when he was at Manchester United, was the most lethal FPL footballer of all time because he got goals and assists like it was raining. You know, that's what he was. I'm not saying he's not going to score 20 goals this season and he will definitely jump up these rankings. What I'm saying is there are other players in a much better price range that will then allow you to go and buy better midfielders and better defenders. And that does mean something. Like you saw my team last week, my three strikers didn't do anything. I had three centre-backs or three defenders, 6 points, 6 points, 6 points. So that's as good as three strikers gave me 6 points, 6 points, 6 points. That's the balance. So you look at someone here like Brentford are coming up. We're going to talk about them in a second. Tony is kind of seventh in the ranking list in there, 6.4 million. Lots of people went for him early on and then binned him off. And said, I no, kept him, Rob, him. and I've actually, been, I've actually been rewarded for keeping him in. I was going to bin him, but I thought, you know what? At 6.4 million... And the way Brentford are playing, I was like, you know what, he's going to get some contributions. And he has. Look, he's, he's been a really good investment for me in my squad. And that's why you should never over-tinker. So don't be a Claudio Ranieri. Don't be a tinker man. Yeah, Look at the way where you can make quick kills. And if you see that there are players who are suddenly bursting into form at a good price category, and you can take advantage of that. But I think the striker category is really interesting this year because I think when you look at Vardy at 56 points and Tony Dunn at 50, there's a little bit of a drop-off. You know, you like Jesus is there, but if Jesus gets two goals this week, then Jesus is going to be right up there. Yeah. So you if you can get in early on one of these players, even Danny Ings, Danny Ings say gets a hat trick this week. I sold him last week. He's suddenly right at the top. You can make that now. If you if you have a little bit of kind of guesswork going on with the analytics, you can find a really good player in this bunch here just on the screen. Rob, a name that's not on the list, and we'll talk about Edouard in a minute. He's at the bottom, and Palace have got some really good fixtures. Palace, actually, let's talk about him now. Let's talk about Edouard, and then I'll bring up a player that's in the comments. Um, Palace are Palace have really shocked me this season. They're 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 an excellent watch, Rob. It hasn't been said for a long time. Obviously, they were under Roy for for a very very uh, considerable amount of time, and they weren't the greatest side to watch. But uh, Palace have been a great watch, and Edouard now, I mean. He's only 6.5 million. He had a great debut against Spurs. He scored again at the other North London club, Arsenal. Is he now an option? A lot of people have Conor Gallagher, and he's a, he's a really talented player as well, and he's gave, given some great returns early on in the season. But would you be gambling on someone like Edward, or would you be looking more at Jimenez, who's about 1.1 million more? I think Jimenez is going to start to explode, if I'm honest with you. I think he's a player definitely that I'll be keeping an eye on. But I'm leaning towards Vardy this week, I think, and I'm looking at... Um, you know, Leicester's fixture against Brentford. Brentford are a brilliant side, but I think uh, I think Leicester have got some... Uh, I think they're going to start hitting some form. If I was playing my wild card this week, I would put Edouard in. Because I think that Palace seem to be on to something. You know, the style of play is really, really good. It is forward thinking. Um, I think they'll probably lose games because they're not maybe as defensively minded as last year. But I think they'll also score goals. And that's really all you care about with your striker. 
So when you look at Edouard at 6.5 million, that's also 24 points, not from a full total of uh, of eight games because he came in a little bit later. I think he must have missed the first two games. And I think he only came off the bench for the next two games when he came in. So that was four games that he didn't start. So he's got 24 points from a much smaller kind of sample size. So that's a, that's a promising sign. And I think when you look at someone like Dennis at 5.2, we talk a lot also about ben, bench and stash, don't we? You know, at 5.2, if you wanted a striker to bench and stash because you went bigger in your midfield, say you went for Sun in the 10 millions, you could go and get Dennis for 5.2, put him at the end of your bench, and he's still going to get you points. He's got 26 points this year. So that's still, as I said, that's 11 points behind Danny Ings. So these are very kind of small gaps. It's about looking at fixtures to come. And that's how you decide which play you go for. Because I think the fixtures that are moving ahead are the ones that will help you have a strategy to keep maybe players in your team for maybe six or seven or eight weeks, as opposed to what I've had to do with Lukaku. And now obviously with Werner, where we've only kept them for one or two because the form ends up being bad or Chelsea end up getting injuries and having to change things around. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, I'm going to bring in a uh, wildcard name. He's scored five goals in, in two games in all competitions. You know who I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about this man, Patson Daka. Scored against Manchester United, scored four um, in the Europa League as well. He's an interesting option. I'm not sure if he's going to start, though. That's the only thing. I mean, it seems it's going to be Ian Acho and Vardy, but uh, it would be a great differential. I'm not sure how much he's actually valued that. You might know, but if anyone does know in the comments, please do share that. I looked at him and he's kind of mid-sevens. So for me, too expensive. So if there's a player that is not even going to play or is just on the peripheral, then I think looking at Leicester City, you just name the two strikers that will go. Daka will play and Daka will get goals. But the problem is, is when? So if you do it this week and and you get a big fat zero and next week and gets a big fat zero and then he comes on for 10 minutes and gets you one point, for that kind of price range, mid-sevens, I'm just not doing it. I don't mind if Dennis did that at 5.2 million, but I think Daka is someone that you need to maybe keep on your watch lists, have a look to see how he plays over, say, for between now and Christmas. And then he might start to represent value because if he does play games, say, for instance, Jamie Vardy gets injured, you know, something like that happens, Dak is going to play, then he might explode and suddenly be a very, very good budget option. Absolutely. Rob, let's talk about Brentford, looking at their fixtures on the graphic. The next four games, I mean, they've come out top with the with the nicest fixtures. Leicester will be a bit of a challenge for them, but then they've got Burnley, Norwich and Newcastle, all teams who you could argue are probably going to be fighting for relegation. So what are you thinking? Because I'm looking at Mbumo as well, who's been a really good option. And then I'm thinking about the, the goalkeeper as well, Raya. Are there any other players that you would be looking to buy in for Brentford as well? I think the thing is with Brentford is when you look at their form and what they have been doing, they look like a team that are going to drive up the pitch. So when you're looking at that, fullbacks, attacking midfielders and strikers. I think it's interesting to talk about Tony here because I know we just touched on him a second ago, but it's about which one of those forward players, you said you talked about Mbomo there, you know, which one is going to really uh, benefit from the fixtures that are to come. So when you look at the what they've got there, their top obviously of this list here in terms of next four, Leicester, Burnley, Norwich and Newcastle, especially the Norwich one. I don't know if you noticed the top four there, they've all got Norwich in it. So it seems to be anyone who's got Norwich in them is, is, is in that kind of, do I need to go and buy that striker that's playing Norwich this week? I think that's where Tony could really benefit is that if he's playing teams that are a little bit more championship 
than Premier League. And obviously he did very well last year in the championship. Then that might be the time to kind of bring him in, even as a short term option. Uh, kind of again, 6.4 million. It's just not a lot of money. It means that you can rejig stuff elsewhere. And down from Jesus uh, all the way, they're, they're all pretty good value into, you know, barring maybe Aubameyang and Lukaku. You've got some really good players in there that wouldn't break the bank. So I think with uh, with Brentford, I, I haven't invested in Brentford this week, but I think if you're doing a wild card, there's every chance of looking at the next four that you might bring in one or even two. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about the other team, Rob, that's sitting top of that table for the most favourable fixtures. And that is Chelsea. And they've got Norwich, as you mentioned, Newcastle, Burnley, same pretty much as Brentford. Uh, fi- well, it is the same fixtures as Brentford, actually. They've got Leicester. It's just the other way around. So, that, you know, they've got some really nice fixtures. I'm just, I've see, I'm going to bring up this question before. We will talk about Kai Havertz, Rob. But question here saying, thoughts on Alonso? Seems he's now second choice to Chilwell. That is so frustrating for me because as soon as I brought him in with my wild card, Chilwell's played the last two weeks in the Premier League and scored two goals. The thing is, you know what's going to happen is you go and take out, um, we need to see who played midweek for Chelsea. That's really important. See who played against Malmo, and then you'll probably have an idea. But you know, knowing my luck, I'll go and take him out, bring Chilwell in, and then next thing you know, Alonso's back to starting. But uh, Chelsea have a strange one because they're not getting a lot of points. Uh, sorry, they're not scoring a lot of goals. They're getting points, they're getting victories. But I'm just looking at their side now. Who really are you going to be bringing in? We're going to mention Havertz as a false nine, but now with no Lukaku, no Werner. Um, you could argue maybe Chilwell's a good option for them. Maybe one of the defenders like Thiago Silva. I've got Kovacic, but I'm not really going to go big on Chelsea like I thought I would be doing this uh, run of games. Yeah, and th- this was the whole factor about the Lukaku-Werner differential, about you know how could you still buy into that market to make sure you you utilise what Chelsea would potentially do without maybe spending too much money. You know, If you were going to go premium on Lukaku, and obviously I, I explained that last week about why I bought Werner. Uh, fast forward seven days, football is a very funny game. You know, things can change very, very quickly. You look at Chelsea in that run, Norwich, as we just talked about, being the whipping boys of the Premier League, I think. But then you've got two teams in there that maybe even just a week or two ago would have looked like potential defeats on the uh, for those teams with Chelsea coming to town. Newcastle are in a different world now. So there's a kind of new confidence about them. Why is that? Because they're the richest club in the world. And then you look at Leicester, who again, a week ago before playing Blessed Manchester United looked like a team who was struggling a little bit, suddenly looked like a team that are up for it. So that run of four is not as good as maybe it was seven days ago. So what do you do? I agree with what you said about Chelsea, about how you buy in. Um, with the uh, problem with Alonso and Chilwell, with the fact that I think they will get rotated all season long, I don't think anyone will be able to really predict who plays out of those two. You might have one and then they'll play one week and the next week they won't even be on the bench. So that's an issue. So stay away from Alonso and stay away from Chilwell. Uh, even on the other side of the pitch for Chelsea, with Reese James coming back, you know, it's it's just a kind of, it's just a roll of a dice. So if that's how it is, then you're better off sticking with someone a bit more boring like Aspelacueta. So get Aspelacueta for around six million quid. Get his clean sheets, and he does get the odd goal. He does get the odd assist. He does play wide now and then. So, so do that to stick with him. But I think with the front line with Chelsea, it's a problem because Chelsea actually only have two strikers registered in FPL and they're the two we just said are not available, Lukaku and Werner. So they're going to have to play a false nine. It means that someone's going to have to come in from the midfield and play up top. And as we again said last week, Kai Havertz was the guy from last season who finished the season playing the false nine. 
It looked like that's what was going to happen this year. Lukaku comes. Kai Havertz never plays false nine ever again. And here we are. He's probably going to do it now. He's probably going to be the guy up the top. So that could be a shrewd buy-in. He's still not particularly budget. You know, he's still a relatively mid-range player. It's going to cost you money. But would I prefer Havertz at the moment or Foden? I'm going with Foden. Would I like Havertz or Jota? Well, maybe Havertz now. That's the kind of, I think, question that FPL managers are going to have to ask themselves about who's going to get them returns long-term. It could be a case that Lukaku's back next week. And then this whole false nine thing just falls apart. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen again. You don't see Havertz playing at the top end of the pitch. And Lukaku comes back in for the Newcastle match, scores a hat-trick, and everyone's trying to buy Romelu Lukaku again. It's funny how quickly things change just in the space of a week in football. Rob, yeah. let's move on to uh, just before we close now. We're going to talk about City, Liverpool and United. They've all got uh, very tough next you know, four or five fixtures. We're looking at Manchester United sitting there at the bottom of this graphic. Um, they've got the hardest fixtures um, out of any team in the Premier League. You know, we know this already as Manchester United fans, Rob. We're, we're not looking forward to it. We've got Liverpool, who are the informed team in the league. Then you've got Tottenham. Then you've got Manchester City. Then you've got Watford. And then you're also looking at Liverpool. They've got United, Brighton, West Ham and Arsenal. So, you know, that's a, that's a fairly difficult run of fixtures. And City have got... Uh, Brighton as well, Palace, Manchester United, and they've got Everton. So, you know, looking at those sort of uh, fixtures for Liverpool, I mean, what do you think about Trent as well? I'm actually quite intrigued because I'm look, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, right, what am I going to do with Alonso? What am I going to do with Lukaku? I think I'm going to go and take Alonso out this week. Maybe I'll do that. That's what I'm toying with. Or do I decide to bench him and put in Liveramento because I don't really want to take the minus four hit. So I've got Liveramento already sitting on the bench. They're playing Burnley. Um, but yeah, what are you thinking with Trent as well? Because Trent's obviously a player who is the most uh, f- effective and probably the most influential in FPL right now. He is playing Manchester United, though. He is probably going to be against Marcus Rashford, who's had had the uh, advantage over him in, in previous fixtures. So, you know, is it a, is it a case of uh, you're just going to bench Trent or are you still going to play him against this shaky Manchester United side? I'm playing him in all four of those games, yeah? That Trent Alexander-Arnold is the number one player in FPL in the ICT rankings. So, again, there's some players, like we talked about this with Salah, didn't we? We said it at the start of the season, we said it last week, and we've just said it this week. It doesn't really matter who they're playing just going to get numbers. So I think when you look at Trent, you look at Manchester United, who are pretty useless in the wide areas at times and are not at all uh, on form at the moment. Um, It doesn't kind of worry me in terms of saying, I'm going to put Trent on my bench. Uh, I certainly think that Trent is still more viable than, say, Alonso or Chilwell, because with those two, you just don't know. You do at least know he's going to play. He's not going to get dropped for Liverpool, is he? But then you look at the next fixtures, and you look at, uh, say, Brighton, who have played really well this season. Again, we just talked about Sanchez in goal. But that might be, again, where Liverpool can exploit a team that maybe are less defensively mobile. West Ham are coming into a really bad run of uh, games again. And then you look at Arsenal, who are just a complete Jacqueline Hyde side. I don't look at that four as a particularly bad four for Liverpool players. I think it might be the case that you don't go and buy new Liverpool players. You might stick with what you've got. You know, you might, like, as I said, I've got um, I've got Salah, I've got Jota, and I've got um, Trent. I will stick with those guys for now. The guy who's on the peripheral is Jota, because I'm not sure what he's going to do with Firmino. But there's every chance that Firmino plays 60 minutes against United, Jota plays 30 minutes and scores two goals. It's just the way it goes. So it's just the balance, really, of the team. I think, again, with City, I don't think Brighton, Palace, United, Everton is particularly too much of a hard hard gig for them. I think they can do that. United's run, 
ironically, and we're United fans, obviously, Liverpool, Tottenham, City, Watford, you'll probably find they win those first three and then lose to Watford. So, it's you know, you can't really predict those things with United as it, as it goes this season. I think, you know, for the first time, Rob, usually when we're around the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think, yeah, May United will, they'll win the harder games, won't they? They'll, they won't win the easy ones, but I think this time, you know, it's going to be difficult and uh, I am, I'm dreading, I'm dreading these games coming up. I'm not touching any May United players, but I am actually considering Trent this weekend. You know, he's one of my options. I think it's between Trent as Villaqueta, or I actually just don't take the hit. I just make my free transfer with Vardy coming in for, um, for Lukaku and then I just I do it next week you know when I've, and I've got a bit of money in the bank really got about 1.5 million but uh, Rob look thanks for joining me as always guys make sure you hit the like button hit that subscribe button retweet as well if you see this on Twitter we'd love to get more people involved in this FPL show make sure you follow us on Twitter and that's at TF Masterclass follow myself as well at Hader underscore Obani and follow Rob as well at underscore Rob underscore B thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next time this podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.